Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hey friends, I want to talk to you about self-coaching today and how to do it correctly. <laughs> so here's what's going to happen on this episode. One, I'm going to sell you on the importance of self-coaching when it comes to marketing and why it's like literally the most important thing you should be focusing on in order to market more effectively and to create better results with your marketing. And secondly, after I talk about that and you're all sold, like, yes, self-coaching sounds very important. <laughs> secondly, I'm going to tell you most likely the reasons that you're not doing self-coaching correctly right now. Well, I don't like to say correctly. Most likely the reasons you're not using self-coaching in an effective way right now. And then finally, I'm going to tell you how to fix it, how to make it effective, how to make your self-coaching actually create results that are going to improve your marketing. So let's talk about all of that. The reason that I want to talk about self-coaching on a podcast dedicated to marketing is because Self-coaching, the, like the quality of your self-coaching is essentially directly correlated to the quality of your marketing. I want to present to you an idea for you to really think about. What if 90% of working on your marketing is working on your relationship to yourself and only 10% of working on marketing is how the relationship that you have with yourself gets manifested to the outside world through the words that you say, through, through the things you, that you show the world. So let me say that again. What if 90% of the work that you do for your marketing is the way you work on your relationship to yourself and your thoughts about, when I say relationship to yourself, that includes also relationship to your own business, right? Your relationship to your offer, your thoughts about yourself, your thoughts about your clients, your thoughts about your business right? Your thoughts about your goals, your thoughts about the quality of your own coaching, etc. So 90% is all of these thoughts inside your head, how you're relating to them, how you're talking to yourself about it. And then only 10% is how that gets shown to the outside world through your words and through your actions. Because think about it, you might be taking all of the actions and you might be following the perfect marketing formula. You do this, you do that, you create this funnel, you, you set up this, you know, whatever, you do all the things. But if your relationship to yourself is such that you hate yourself unless you meet your goal or you feel like you're not legit as a coach until somebody comes and pays you and you have a client, you don't, what if you don't feel at peace until that payment hits your bank account, right? If that's the relationship that you have to your business and your, and to yourself, it's these emotions and energies of like inadequacy and self-hatred and hustling. That's going to be what's fueling all the actions that you take for your marketing. And listen, that's not, that's not going to work very well. It's not going to work as well as if you had a different relationship to yourself, if you had a different relationship to your business, et cetera. So if you're not 
taking the time to self-coach effectively and intentionally, what you end up showing to the world, regardless of what actions you take, is unconscious, unintentional, default patterns of thinking and feeling in your brain, which are likely driven by the fear and you know, the survival instinct of the primitive brain. I I lay that all out to convey to you the importance of the quality of your self-coaching as it pertains to your marketing and how important it is to get those internal relationships right, how important it is to approach that self-relationship, that self-coaching in the right way so that you can actually not only like show up in the right energy, but also actually be able to learn from all the things that you are doing. Because here are some telltale telltale signs that I see in coaches who aren't self-coaching effectively is that they keep having the same kinds of problems and they keep running into the same kinds of issues in their marketing, even though they tell me, and I believe them, they, they tell me they keep self-coaching. Oh, I've been self-coaching on my my belief for the past year, right? Like I've been self-coaching on my confidence. I've been self-coaching on my money mindset, you know, for the past six months. And I, and I can't, you know, I, I still have scarcity. I still don't have enough belief. I still don't have enough confidence, right? And so whenever coaches tell me they, they just keep like, they keep self-coaching on the same thing and there's, and nothing's changing about it. That's how I know. Okay. You might be self-coaching, but it's not as effective as it could be. Another way that I know that coaches aren't self-coaching effectively is when they like straight up tell me that they don't do it. (laughs) I'm like, are you self-coaching on that? And they're like, oh no, I should do that, huh? Right? They, They know that they're not creating the time and space for it. And here's why. If you're not creating, I mean, everybody knows that you should, they should coach themselves, right? The reason they don't do it is Because most likely because self-coaching feels like a grind to them. It doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel, you know, like any kind of good or pleasurable or (laughs) satisfying. And so if it doesn't feel good, of course you want to avoid it. If self-coaching isn't rewarding, it doesn't feel emotionally rewarding and it's a grind and it's annoying, then you don't do it. And when you don't do it, you are, uh, you're not, learning from the experiences that you're having. And if you're not learning from the experiences you're having, you keep having the same kinds of failures instead of the kinds of failures and experiences that give you useful information to, you know, conduct some better experiments and, and, and get more results next time. Because so much of self-coaching involves you looking at your own brain, you looking at your own patterns and you looking at what happened and owning your part and having created that, right? So it's, such a big part of a self-coaching work is creating that awareness. And without slowing down enough to actually do this work of self-coaching, there is little awareness. And with, with little awareness, there is little, there's just like no, no data to support you being able to do something differently in a better direction next time. So I'm, I'm right now, I'm just trying to sell you on the idea that effective self-coaching is critical for improving the quality of your marketing. Remember, whatever you say to other people, whatever you do, whatever fancy like opt-in sequence you have, people see that, but really they can smell the energy underneath. They can smell 
the way you think about yourself. The, they can smell the way you think about them. I'm sure you've had this kind of experience where you are shopping for, you know, a service or maybe even coaching, you know, from somebody else. And, you know, they had all of the perfect, like shiny professional marketing materials. But then something about like when you start corresponding with them, something about the interaction just feels a little bit like off, right? And you might not even exactly be able to put the right words to it, but it's like some things like not really, something just feels off to you about the interaction and you just get this feeling like, okay, I feel like a little bit pressured right now, <laughs> right? Or like everything this person's saying is like really smart, but there's like an undercurrent of like anxiety <laughs> or um, like it's like a little bit. And the thing is, it's most of this is unconscious, right? We don't tend to go around diagnosing other people's energy all the time. I mean, some of us, if we're very, <laughs> if we're very sensitive and like attuned to energy, but I think like for the most part, we just registered as like, okay, this is not for me, right? You could walk through a room full of like a hundred shiny, perfect brands with all of their marketing shit on fleek. And then, and then like your subtle energy in your body, like the sensor will, will be like, this doesn't quite feel right to me. I don't feel at ease here, right? Uh, I don't know if I want to lean more into that, in that direction. Like, and you know what all that is? It's everybody's energy speaking to you. It's all like the business. It's the business owners in relationship with themselves. It's their thoughts about themselves. It's their thoughts about their business, their thoughts about you that you are subtly intuiting and it either pulls you in or it repels you right? So what creates that? Or what creates the opposite of that when you like really want to lean in and you're very attracted to it? It's the quality of their thoughts. And that is 100% directed by the quality of their self-coaching. So I hope I've sold you on the importance of self-coaching when it comes to marketing. So here's the weird thing. If you're a life coach and you're listening to this podcast, you actually know exactly well the mechanics of effective self-coaching because it's the same as the mechanics of effectively coaching somebody else, right? You, You know how to effectively coach another human being, so you know how to effectively coach, period. It's just that you got to do it with yourself, (laughs) <laughs> like you're an expert at coaching, right? But the important, the problem is with clients, it's so much easier to use the tools of coaching the way they should be used. And it's so much easier to misuse those same tools on ourselves. And here's why. With clients, it's so much easier to love on them unconditionally and to see their greatness and worthiness unconditionally. With ourselves, too often, we start with the assumption that there's something wrong and broken and defective about us and we need to fix it. So imagine like, Hey, if you're like 99.9% of the coaches I know, you would never sit with a client with this assumption. Like you're looking at your client, you're thinking, okay, you're like broken and defective and wrong. And let me see if I can fix you. Like you would never (laughs) 
have those thoughts about your clients. You'd be like, oh my gosh, they're so amazing. I love them so much. They have all these thoughts, but they don't know how amazing they are. So I'm going to help them, help them to see it, right? But on the other hand, when we're sitting down with ourselves, we're self-coaching and it's like, oh man, you're a giant old mess, right? If you don't get your shit, you know, together, you're never going to figure this out. Oh my gosh, like you're still working on this? For F's sake, you're a life coach. You should have figured this out already. Like, oh, I'm so sick of working on this problem. Oh, your money mindset is still such a mess. Oh, we already self-coached on this offer, you know, offer making offers thing for like a month and you're still scared? Loser, what's wrong with you? Okay, listen, I know that this kind of shit happens in your brain (laughs) because this kind of shit happens in my brain too. Here's the thing. Coaching is a tool of love. It's a tool of love because the way we coach our clients, it starts from an assumption of unconditional love and unconditional wholeness and unconditional respect for the being that they are. Yeah. If you're like 99.9% of coaches, I know that's where you operate from. You, you love them. You use coaching as a tool of love, not because they're wrong and broken and defective and they're not going to be good enough until they're fixed. Right. That is not the model that we operate from coaching is a tool of love. When we self-coach, a lot of the times, we end up using tools of love as weapons against ourselves. You know, the other day, a coach told me, the thought of self-coaching every day just makes me feel exhausted. It's a client of mine who who said this, because I I don't know, we were talking about something. She said, you know, oh, I would love to self-coach every day, but just the thought of it, doing it every day, self-coaching every day makes me feel exhausted. And that's how I knew that she was self-coaching in a way that didn't fill her up. She was self-coaching in a way that left her left her feeling more depleted than before. That's how I knew that she was using coaching tools as a weapon against yourself. If you thought that self-coaching was writing down all of your shitty defective thoughts and thinking about all the things that you're still getting wrong and all the things that you're you're thinking and doing to hold yourself back and all the ways you're self-sabotaging and all the ways that you're not over it already, oh my God, I wouldn't want to fucking self-coach either. That sounds horrible, (laughs) right? And I asked her, you know, in response, I don't remember exactly what my words, but it was something along the lines of like, what if the goal of daily self-coaching was becoming like a little bit better friends with yourself every day? And she was like, oh my God, mind exploded. I have never thought about it like that before. Self-coaching is not about fixing yourself because you're not broken. Self-coaching is not about mending yourself because you're not defective. Self-coaching needs to start with an assumption of I am whole and there is nothing broken about me. You would do this with your clients, right? You Self-coaching has to start with I am lovable and what's right about me is so much bigger than what's, you know, whatever I might want to improve on right now. My worthiness is unconditional and it's infinite. And me looking at this area of my life, me looking at this set of thoughts has nothing to do with me becoming more worthy. If I never self-coached ever again, I would be exactly as infinitely worthy as I ever had been. Self-coaching needs to start and end 
with self-love and self-friendship. Self-coaching is an opportunity to meet the love that we have for ourselves, the love that's available to us from the universe, from God, from our, our loved ones, the love that surrounds all of us. What if that were, that were actually true? Like, think about the things we casually say to ourselves. Oh, why can't I just change my thoughts already? Like, I should know how to do this already. Oh, unless I get a handle on this, I'll never be able to meet my goals. These are things we habitually say to ourselves as coaches. Imagine saying the same things to your clients. You tell your clients, hey, why can't you just change your thoughts already? What's wrong with you? I already, we went, already went over this. You should know how to do this already. Why don't you know it, know how to do it already? Right? Or, hey, client, unless you change this thought, you'll never be able to meet your goals. Okay? Using tools of love to wound is spiritual malpractice. Threatening and bullying and pressuring and hustling somebody using tools of love, which coaching is, coaching is tools of love, is spiritual malpractice. You would never do it to another client. You do it to yourself, right? That's like if a doctor were to take surgical equipment that is used to heal another person's body to like, like stab oneself <laughs> and like wound oneself. It's like, oh, hey, those surgical scissors, whatever, I don't know anything about surgery. <laughs> they weren't meant for you to just cause yourself harm. They were meant to heal. They were meant to restore wholeness, right? Any coaching tool used without love becomes a weapon. Love is the precondition that could make any coaching tool work, right? Like any, like a hammer or a, a saw or I don't know, some, like a drill could be something that like makes your life better and then it adds value to your life or they could be weapons. They could be used to hurt somebody, right? So what's the difference? Like, like self coaching tools, coaching tools in general are exa exactly the same, right? It's not the tools themselves. Do not use the tools to do harm. It's like the Hippocratic Oath. Like we coaches <laughs> have to take our own version of the Hippocratic Oath. You know, it's the oath that doctors take when they become doctors. Like I will not do harm to another person, right? I actually don't know the exact words. Clearly I'm not a doctor, but it's, it's this idea of like not doing harm. And as coaches, I know that every coach I know is very conscientious and very careful at not doing harm to our clients. Like if we can't help them, the least we can do is not harm, right? But then we take those same coaching tools and we so easy to harm ourselves liberally, right? Using tools of love to pressure, to threaten, to cajole, to beat ourselves up. Not cool. Spiritual malpractice. If you're not making self-coaching a priority, if you're not creating time for it, if you're not making this space where you can grow into a greater awareness of the person that you already are and integrate a friendship with the person that you are, right? Notice if it's because you think that you need to be fixed. Notice if you think it's because you are so used to having these bullying, threatening, you know, hustling thoughts about yourself as the client, right? Because you, we are all our most important number one clients, Right. And how we coach ourselves as like client 
ground zero, right, is going to be the most critical, central, essential underpinning that defines the tenor of our, of our marketing. It defines the tenor of our selling and defines the tenor of the coaching that we give others. We can preach to other people that, hey, you should love yourself and you should believe in yourself and, you know, not be mean to yourself all day long. But if that's what you're bringing to yourself, coaching, my friend, you know, it's time to look at that again. Okay. So, I already said, I told you, you already know all the tools of effective coaching. It's just that when you, when you use those tools with clients, it's, it's more, it's easier for you to use them with love. And when you use them against yourself, right? Like to yourself, you're, you might be more used to, I'm using them in a spiritual malpractice kind of way where you're kind of using those tools of love to wound. Do not use tools of love to wound. Now, this might mean that whatever coaching practice that you do, coaching tools that you have that you use with your clients, when you use them to yourself with yourself, maybe you start with a little bit of like entry ritual. Maybe you start off by reminding yourself, hey, this is not about fixing you. This isn't you because you're not broken. This is not about, you know, earning your worthiness because you're already worthy, you know, and this is a safe space for me and me and all the different parts of me. <laughs> right? And just because there's a part of me that's scared or angry or hurt or fearful or whatever, or anxious or hustly, whatever, hey, we're not going to be mean to that part. We're not going to be mean to ourselves ever. And the goal of this 15-minute self-coaching session or whatever it is, is going to be that I become a better friend to myself through whatever emotional state I'm in. I mean, whatever I witness coming up from inside me, whatever it is, like I'm here not with the goal to fix you into being good enough, but I'm here to just see you and love you. That's it. I am only here to see you and love you. And there is nothing you can do to disappoint me. There is nothing you can do that will make me hurt you because I love you. I'm saying these are the words you need to say to yourself. Okay. I'm like kind of getting teary because apparently I needed to say these words to myself as well. (laughs) Okay. So try this. You might, as part of your coaching, self-coaching practice, you might write down all of your thoughts, right? And you might, for example, um, write a model on something that's happening or, or a thought that you have, right? And as you do so, or you might do like Byron Katie's four questions, right? And as you are using that tool, as you're gaining insight into your own mind, Notice what it would be like if you told yourself, okay, the aim of me doing this exercise right now, the aim, the purpose of me doing this is not to change myself. It's not to change this thought, not to get rid of this pattern, not to, you know, muscle my, myself into just freaking change already, get better already, have a better set of thoughts already, be more positive already, believe already, right? Like, what if I have zero agenda for change? right? Zero agenda for myself to, to be anything or do anything or change anything in order for me to unconditionally love myself. What if you did that exercise only with the intention of, I just want to see what's going on in your mind because I love you and I want to get to know you better. And I want to, and you know, like we're friends, like I'm a friend to myself. Like you tell yourself, I am your friend and I just want to know you better. And I will not try to change you. Right? So often the reason we get stuck in self-coaching is because we think the aim is to change, right? And oftentimes what we mean by change is 
is kind of like standing over someone with like one foot tapping, right? Like, okay, TikTok, right? Like, why haven't you changed it? Let's change already. Come on, let's go, right? Imagine being in the presence of someone who is like really anxious and impatient for you to change. Imagine being in the presence of someone who's like, all right, like, let's, we got 10 minutes, let's change that thought or let's go, right? It would be so stressful. Versus imagine being in the presence of somebody who has no agenda for you. You don't need to do anything to make them feel better. They love you no matter what. They are already impressed with you no matter what. And no matter what you say, no matter what you do, all they're going to do is just like sit there with you and like love you. What do you think the odds are that (laughs) you would get a better change, (laughs) that your mind would actually shift more with the second person as opposed to the impatient person who's tapping their feet, being like, let's go, let's change your mind already, right? So drop the agenda to change. It's not loving to demand change of yourself in a way where it's like, it's a way for you to earn your good enoughness. It's it's a way for you to, you know, it's like, unless you change, it's not going to, things things are not going to be okay for you. That's not love. It's bullying, right? We don't do that. We don't do that. You would never do it with your client. You are your own number one client. Don't do it with yourself. Guarantee you, if you start your self-coaching with this almost kind of like self-reconciliation, right? Hey, we're going to look at our thoughts. Hey, we're going to use these coaching tools, but it's only going to be from like me thinking that you're unconditionally awesome. And this is not a performance review. This is not an exam, right? There's no proving anything here. I'm just here to, because I want to get to know you better. And I, I'm with you. I got your back no matter what. I love you. Now do that first and then use all of your coaching tools that you use with clients, with yourself. And I promise you, your self coaching is going to be like completely different (laughs) and you're going to do it a lot more and you will be a better friend to yourself. And when you're a better friend to yourself, you'll be more effective at working with yourself because you'll actually be talking to yourself in a way where that inner scared, anxious part of you is receptive rather than shutting the fuck down because it feels attacked, right? I mean, of course it feels attacked because you've been talking at it like, what's wrong with you, right? So no more using tools of love to wound, no more spiritual malpractice, treating yourself with with as much love and assumption of of wholeness and perfection and unconditional respect and unconditional love as you would your favorite client who is a different human being. (laughs) Okay. Do that and watch your marketing change. Watch your business change. Watch the way other people uh, respond to your marketing they're going to be able to smell the self-friendship. They're going to be able to smell the self-approval. They're going to be able to smell that you are walking the talk. You are, you're self-coaching. You're using these tools in the way that they were intended to be used in service of greater love. And that is going to be the most powerfully healing thing that you're going to be able to gift your clients. That is how you become the leader of the space that you're in. That is how you create the kind of influence that you want in the world to be able to carry out the mission of your coaching business. All right, my friends, happy self-coaching. Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, 
you better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time. Oh, 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 o